Section six of Yet Again by Max Beerbohm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Two seventy three. This is an age of prescriptions. Morning after morning, from the back page of your newspaper, quick and uncostly cures for every human ill thrust themselves wildly on you. The age of miracles is not past but I would raise no false hopes of myself. I am no thaumaturgist. Do you awake with a striking sensation in the stomach? Have you lost the power of assimilating food? Are you oppressed with an indescribable lassitude? Can you no longer follow the simplest train of thought? Are you troubled throughout the night with a hacking cough? In fine, are you but a tissue of all the most painful symptoms of all the most malignant maladies, ancient and modern? If so, skip this essay, and try somebody's elixir. The cure that I offer is but a cure for overwrought nerves, a substitute for the ordinary rest cure. Nor is it absurdly cheap, nor is it instant. It will take a week or so of your time. But then, the rest cure takes at least a month. The scale of payment for board and lodging may be, per diem, hardly lower than in the rest cure. But you will save all but a pound or so of the very heavy fees that you would have to pay to your doctor and your nurse, or nurses. And certainly my cure is the more pleasant of the two. My patient does not have to cease from life. He is not undressed and tucked into bed and forbidden to stir hand or foot during his whole term. He is not forbidden to receive letters or to read books or to look on any face but his nurses or nurses. Nor, above all, is he condemned to the loathsome necessity of eating so much food as to make him dread the sight of food. Doubtless, the grim, inexorable process of the rest-cure is very good for him who is strong enough and brave enough to bear it, and rich enough to pay for it. I address myself to the frailer, cowardlier, needier man. Instead of ceasing from life and entering purgatory, he need but essay a variation in life. He need but go and stay by himself in one of those vast modern hotels which abound along the south and east coasts. You are disappointed? All simple ideas are disappointing, and all good cures spring from simple ideas. The right method of treating overwrought nerves is to get the patient away from himself, to make a new man of him, and this trick can be done only by switching him off from his usual environment, his usual habits. The ordinary rest-cure, by its very harshness, intensifies a man's personality at first, drives him miserably within himself, and only by its long duration does it gradually wear him down and build him up anew. There is no harshness in the vast hotels which I have recommended, you may eat there as little as you like, especially if you are en pension. 
letters may be forwarded to you there, though, unless your case is a very mild one, I would advise you not to leave your address at home. There are reading-rooms where you can see all the newspapers, though I advise you to ignore them. You suffer under no sense of tyranny, and yet no sooner have you signed your name in the visitor's book and had your bedroom allotted to you than you feel that you have surrendered yourself irreplevably. It is not necessary to this illusion that you should pass under an assumed name, unless you happen to be a very eminent actor or cricketer or other idol of the nation, whose presence would flutter the young persons at the bureau. If your nervous breakdown be, as it most likely is, due to mere intellectual distinction, these young persons will meet out to you no more than the bright callous civility which they meet out impartially to all but those few who come before them to them you will be a number and to yourself you will have suddenly become a number the number graven on the huge brass label that depends clanking from the key put into the hand of the summoned chambermaid you are merely let us say, to seventy-three. Up you go in the lift, realizing, as for the first time, your insignificance in infinity, and rather proud to be even a number. You recognize your double on the door that has been unlocked for you. No prisoner, clapped into his cell, could feel less personal, less important, a notice on the wall, politely requesting you to leave your key at the bureau, as though you were strong enough or capacious enough to carry it about with you, comes as a pleasant reminder of your freedom. You remember joyously that you are even free from yourself. You have begun a new life, have forgotten the old. And these blank, fresh walls that you have never seen and that never were seen by any one whom you know. Their pattern is of poppies and mandragora, surely. Poppies and mandragora are woven, too, on the brand-new Axminster beneath your elastic step. Come in. A porter bears in your trunk, deposits it on a trestle at the foot of the bed, unstraps it, leaves you alone with it. It seems to be trying to remind you of something or other. You do not listen. You laugh as you open it. You know that if you examined these shirts, you would find them marked 273. Before dressing for dinner, you take a hot bath. There are patent taps, some for fresh water, others for sea water. You hesitate. Yet you know that whichever you touch will effuse but the water of Lethe, after all. You dress before your fire. The coals have burnt now to a lovely glow. Once again you eye them suspiciously. But no, there are no faces in them. All's well. Sleek and fresh, you sit down to dinner in the Grande Salle à Manger. Graven on your wine-glasses, emblazoned on your soup-plate, are the armorial bearings of the company that shelters you. The College of Arms might sneer at them, be down on them, 
but to you they are a joy in their grand lack of links with history they are a sympathetic symbol of your own newness your own impersonality you glance down the endless menu it has been composed for a community none of your favorite dishes you once had favorite dishes appears in it thank heaven you will work your way through it steadily unquestioningly gladly with a communal palate and the wine all wines are alike here surely you scour the list vaguely and order a pint of two seventy three your eye roves over the adjacent tables you behold a galaxy of folk evidently born like yourself anew some like yourself are solitary others are with wives with children but with new wives new children the associations of home have been forgotten even though home's actual appendages be here the members of the little domestic circles are using company manners they are actually making conversation breaking the ice they are new here to one another they are new to themselves how much newer to you you cannot place them that paterfamilias with the red moustache is he a soldier a solicitor a stockbroker what you play vaguely vainly at the game of attributions while the little orchestra in yonder bower of artificial palm trees plays new or seemingly new cakewalks who are they these minstrels in the shadow they seem not to be the red hungarians nor the blue nor the hungarians of any other colour of the spectrum you set them down as colourless hungarians and resume your study of the tables they fascinate you these your fellow diners you fascinate them doubtless they doubtless are cudgelling their brains to spot your state in life your past which now has escaped you next day some of them are gone and you miss them almost bitterly but others succeed them not less detached and enigmatic than they you must never speak to one of them you must never lapse into those casual acquaintances of the lounge or the smoking-room nor is it hard to avoid them no englishman how gregarious and garrulous soever will dare address another englishman in whose eye is no spark of invitation there must be no such spark in yours silence is part of the cure for you and a very important part it is mainly through unaccustomed silence that your nerves are made trim again usually you are giving out in talk all that you receive through your senses of perception keep silence now its gold will accumulate in you at compound interest you will realize the joy of being full of reflections and ideas you will begin to hoard them proudly like a miser you will gloat over your own cleverness you who but a few days since were feeling so stupid 
solitude in a crowd, silence among chatterboxes. These are the best ministers to a mind diseased. And with the restoration of the mind, the body will be restored too. You, who were physically so limp and pallid, will be a ruddy Hercules now. And when, at the moment of departure, you pass through the hall, shyly distributing to the servants the largesse which is so slight in comparison with what your doctor and nurse, or nurses, would have levied on you, to resume that burden of personality whereunder you had sunk, you will be victoriously yourself again. Yet I think you will look back a little wistfully on the period of your obliteration. People, for people are very nice really, most of them, will tell you that they have missed you. You will reply that you did not miss yourself. And you will go the more strenuously to your work and pleasure, so as to have the sooner an excuse for a good riddance. End of section 6